This is Wisconsin Profits, the top Wisconsin-based business podcast. We'll hear from business leaders, entrepreneurs, and the influential people in the Badger State. Here's your host, Alex Byrne. And welcome back. Today we have Teddy Nykel from Milwaukee area. Hi, Teddy. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Could you just give us a little, to, to start, could you just give us a little background about yourself and what you currently do? Sure. Uh, quick background. I grew up in the Chicago area, went to college in Missouri. Uh, after that, wanted to just try somewhere new. So I moved out to San Francisco, worked for a tech startup there for about four years, um, and then moved to Milwaukee, um, which was kind of a good middle ground. My husband's from central Wisconsin, so it's kind of in between both of our hometowns. Um, and so my background educationally is in journalism. I was doing writing for the tech startup out there. So it was kind of a mix of journalism. It was journalism, but more um, less traditional, I guess. And then, um, but when I moved to Milwaukee, I was really craving kind of more of a move back to traditional journalism um, and really wanted to get more involved in the Milwaukee community. So um, I freelanced full-time for about a year before I came across the opportunity to join the Milwaukee Business Journal. Um, So that was about a year ago now. and I am a reporter there uh, where I cover technology, startups, innovation, um, entrepreneurship, as well as residential real estate. So a lot of topics, um, but it always keeps it interesting. Awesome. So you said you moved out to San Francisco. Kind of what were some of the reasons that you moved to Milwaukee? Like what stood out to you? Coming back yeah. To um, so just to be completely honest, it was pretty much um, my fiance at the time his job brought us here. So that was like originally what brought us here. He is in the medical field. So his residency match happened. And if you're familiar with that process, you kind of just go where you get matched. So he, that his job brought us here, but um, we just have decided he's almost done with that now. And we've since decided to stay. And I think a big reason why we want to stay is it's just, I mean, it's cliche, but everyone says Milwaukee's a perfect size town. It's like a big city, but small town vibe. Um, everyone is super friendly. We, we live in a great neighborhood where we've made a lot of friends. Um, I love my job. He really likes his job. And, um, so it's just kind of a great lifestyle all around for living and working. Um, and I think that's kind of to connect it to startups, which I know we're going to talk more about, but that's kind of a sell for, you know, a great lifestyle and also a great place to work. Yeah, definitely. So as far as like, you can remember, was there like any, any moments in your like young childhood where you were like, oh, like I'm, I want to do journalism. Like what really sparked that kind of drive to, to pursue journalism and education and then after pursue a career in that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it was in high school, when I was in high school, was when Obama was first running for president. Um, and that's when I first really started watching the news. I remember I was really addicted to watching CNN and following the race and just got really caught up and excited about that presidential race. And actually, since I was living at home at the time, which is in the Chicago area, I got to go downtown for Grant Park um, when he accepted his nomination for presidency. And so that just got me interested in journalism, I think, watching the news for that. And then um, after I got that idea in my head, I kind of did some stuff in, in high school with broadcast. Originally thought I wanted to do news, TV broadcast. Um, and that was enough to get me to, you know, to decide to major in it in college. And then 
chose a college that had a really strong journalism program and then was able to kind of explore it more in college and kind of learn that I actually liked more writing online as opposed to broadcast. Um, but I think it all comes down to just being curious. I've always been a curious person and like asking people questions. And so now I get to do that for a career, which is perfect. Definitely. Could you talk about your first experience in journalism and maybe maybe some of the misconceptions you had about actually like working a career in journalism that you might not have thought of before? Yeah, um, I think my first experience really was college. Um, I went to it's known as Mizzou University, of Missouri. They have kind of um, they call it the Missouri method, but it's more of like a hands on approach. So all a lot of the classes you're working um, for an actual news station. So for example, they partner with the local NBC TV station um, and you work for class, you go in and put in hours, almost like a mini internship. So um, I think a misconception I had was that I, that TV journalism was the way to go. And kind of from getting to work at that local station, I realized there's not a lot of time for nuance or in-depth reporting um, when you're looking at like a 30 minute TV news spot, for example, you know, you have the intro, the small talk with the anchors, the weather, sports. Um, and when you take all of that out, it's like 10 minutes of news. And I, I really want to do like more hard hitting news. So getting that experience really early on kind of made me realize maybe TV wasn't the right format for me. Um, other misconceptions, I'm not sure I'd have to think about that, but definitely I think getting to kind of do it, learning by doing was definitely a really helpful um, way to get into it for me. And same thing with internships in college as well. Definitely. And I, I know you might have touched on this a little bit, but as, as I'm sure you know, journalism's a super competitive career. And so what are kind of the ways, you know, you, you said practical experience, and that can definitely be a big reason, but what are some of the ways that you can stand out in these first few like internships in kind of your early career in like writing at different places and creating content? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is just showing enthusiasm and showing that you really are excited about um, being there. So for example, I think one of my first internships was at the Isthmus newspaper in Madison. Um, and I applied in January for the summer. Um, and I think it was one of the first applications they had. So it kind of just, I think they were like, oh, this girl must really want it if she's applying, you know, way before anyone else. So, um, and then just showing up and having a positive attitude and being willing to do whatever, you know, they ask of you or go above and beyond, I think um, always goes a long way, you know, not just, um, clocking out at the end of the day, but being willing to stick around or propose ideas or just really show excitement for what you're doing. Definitely. Could you talk about uh, some the importance of networking? I mean, in all fields, but especially how that has helped you propel in your career. Yeah, for sure. Um, networking is one of those things that sounds like, no, I, I've, I feel like no one knows it's hard to define or if yeah. you if you set out tr going like if you set out trying to network it kind of comes across maybe as disingenuous but like at a networking event or something but really it just comes down to relationships um and so I think you can net like you don't have to go to a networking event in order to network per se it's just you know whenever you're meeting someone talking to them about their job or um keeping that in mind about how you can make connections for other people. So it kind of goes both ways. I think that's a big part of networking is not just asking people for things, but helping them 
um, make connections as well. So if you think, if you hear something that might be helpful for someone else, reaching out to them and sharing now with them and just um, kind of having the mindset of, of communicating and building your, every relationship can be a professional relationship um, if it, if it um, ends up being like that. I actually got my job at the business journal because someone I knew from childhood worked at the business journal. So it, it always oh. comes back to relationships. Yeah, definitely. So you said in your like earlier internship in college, you worked for a local news organization. Is there kind of a few big lessons you'd pull from that that really help you today? Um, yeah, I think, um, let me think. Lessons from my internships. Um, I think pitching ideas for stories is, always, is definitely um, something I got practice with as an intern, just always being on the lookout for what could be a good story, what could make a good story idea um, to show that, you know, I wasn't just waiting around for them to give me something to do. Like I was coming to them with ideas. And so that was definitely something I started working on as an intern and is something I still do every day is just being on the lookout for things that might be interesting to the readers and um, might make a good story. What are some of like the key things in pitching a story that you use to, I mean, even today? Yeah, um, definitely newsworthiness, you know, like why now, why is this important now? Um, and that could be, you know, a trend that's happening. It could be timed with something that's going on in the news, things like that. So definitely newsworthiness, um, something unique, like something different, whether that's, you know, um, an example of something that stands out that's different from how a trend has been happening or um, just like something, it, it kind of helps to think of a headline um, when you're pitching an idea. So it's like, how could you summarize the story in a headline that would get people to click? You know, that's more important than ever, you know, in the days of social media and Google and things like that. So um, just thinking of like, what is a topic that someone would want to read about enough that they would click on an article and kind of like more read more in depth. Definitely. And after kind of your internships and college experience, you said you moved out to San Francisco. What was kind of like the, the driving factor and in, in, especially in joining a startup? I mean, obviously that company's not nerd wallet, correct? Yeah. That company's not a startup today, but what kind of prompted you to go out there and join that? Sure. Yeah. I, um, for some reason got it in my head that San Francisco was the place I wanted to be. I hadn't really been there before moving there. I actually ended up going on a trip right before moving there, but um, I had, I just could kind of had heard about the concept of startups. I thought it sounded really exciting. Um, and I knew in, in traditional journalism, a lot of people kind of start in a small town and then work their way up to bigger and bigger markets. That's kind of how I was taught in college is the way to do it. But I, didn't want to live in a small town right after college. I wanted to have, you know, a fun, exciting place to live as well. So um, kind of just randomly selected San Francisco as my goal of where I wanted to live. And then from there started looking for jobs. Um, and I wasn't necessarily only looking at startups, but NerdWallet came up. I was, you know, just applying to tons of different jobs. Uh, NerdWallet came up as one at the time. I had never heard of it because it was a pretty early startup at the time. This was 2014. Um, and so I just applied. Um, but I was in the Chicago area still at the time because I had just graduated college and was living at home for a couple months after that. Um, wasn't having a lot of luck getting jobs. Um, and so 
and I ended up moving out there without anything. Um, and I had some things in the works. So like I had applied to NerdWallet already, but I hadn't gotten the job yet as I was moving out there. I actually ended up having my phone interview with my future boss on the road when I was driving, like in, I think I was in South Dakota on the side of the road, pulled over to take my phone interview. And then it ended up working out when I got there. I had um, two interviews lined up actually for two different companies. One was NerdWallet, which was a startup. And one was a, a actually a different business journal in that area. Um, so it's kind of funny that I ended up getting both job offers, chose NerdWallet, but then later ended up at a business journal. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's kind of the story of how I ended up there. But um, when I joined NerdWallet, it was around 100 employees or maybe a little bit less. It felt very random. Like I didn't know, I, in hindsight, I probably should have done more research on the company I was joining. But luckily for me, um, it worked out. They ended up going public a couple months ago, actually. Wow. That's great. Uh, when it comes to like going out to San Francisco and working for a startup, you what were kind of some of your responsibilities at Nerd Wallet, and how did you educate yourself about the content there? Yeah. So um, as we've talked about, my background educationally is in journalism, um, and Nerd Wallet is a personal finance site. So I was hired there as a staff writer to write content for their website. Um, their SEO, they're an SEO driven site. So a lot of their traffic came from Google searches. So in, in order to kind of fuel that, they needed a lot of articles about finance. So I truly did not know anything about personal finance when I started there. I first started as a banking writer. And I remember just Googling the most basic questions like what is, I don't even know, a CD or like basic types of bank accounts. Um, and so I learned a lot of it kind of on the job. Um, I interviewed people, you know, for the job as I would as a reporter. Um, so I learned a lot just through interviews for my stories as I would research, you know, a news article. I did that when I was writing my articles for NerdWallet. Um, and, you know, it worked out well in that sense of we were, you know, it was supposed to be like, we're your nerdy friend helping you understand personal finance. That's kind of NerdWallet's brand. And so, Having actually that mindset myself of not knowing anything helped me as a writer be able to learn it and then explain it in language that someone could understand easily. Um, so a lot of, yeah, just kind of educating myself on the go and always, you know, looking for primary sources and experts to kind of back up the information I was writing about. You said uh, NerdWallet was a pretty like SEO driven site. For those who might not know in my audience, could you explain what SEO is? Sure. SEO is search engine optimization. So basically, um, Google crawls websites and um, serves up the top. Um, like when you Google something, the top few answers on Google often get the most traffic because Google has determined this article is likely the answer that's going to answer your question. And so um, companies these days spend a lot of effort trying to rank um, at the top of the Google page for a certain question. And so that's kind of search up to engine optimization or SEO is kind of the whole strategy behind um, ranking highly in Google for certain terms that are important to your business. So it's a way to drive website traffic. Yeah. So for any of like the small business owners out there right now, what are, is there any way that they could maybe take some of these articles or topics and try to help uh, drive traffic to their website? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of SEO tools on the internet. Um, and I think if you're a small business owner, um, 
the key is kind of looking for search terms and keywords that you're trying to rank for. For example, if you're a pizza restaurant, um, you might want to rank for like best pizza in Milwaukee, or, you know, that's just a random example I made up, but kind of figuring out the search terms that people might search in order to get to you. And so like thinking about those, there's, there's sites online and other, um, resources and tools that can kind of help with that keyword research. And then, you know, building the content, whether it's blog content or other kind of, um, you know, descriptions on your website, those are all things that Google pulls from um, in order to kind of show that you are, um, your website is a resource that will kind of provide those answers for people who are searching for it. Definitely. In like your, con- what are some of the parallels that maybe these business owners could take from like your content? Like, how do you, how do you produce your content? Do you have like a set, like series, do you outline and then post and write on different days? Or is there some like set plan they could follow? Or is that something they should come up with on their own? Like, is there like a few tips you would have to make it easier for them? Um, at the business journal, we publish multiple articles a day. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily something I would recommend for a small business because they, then our content company and not <laughs> their business. But um, I think, um, you know, just making sure, right, you're writing, you know, the, the basics of writing clearly, making sure you're getting, getting your point to, across succinctly, editing, you know, for typos, um, publishing with some consistency can definitely be helpful, whether that's, um, you know, once a week or once a month or something like that. But um, I think just, you know, strong communication in general with writing will get you a long way. Awesome. And then you already mentioned how you got the job at the Milwaukee Biz Journals, but could you maybe talk about somebody like your, your day-to-day role, kind of what you're covering and then kind of what to you is like the most fulfilling part of being a journalist in Milwaukee is? Yeah. So day-to-day, um, like I said, I cover technology and startups as well as residential real estate. So every morning we have a meeting with our editors and all the reporters and we kind of talk about the stories we plan to do each day it's kind of really up to every reporter to kind of be a subject matter expert for your topics that you're covering we call them beats so i it's my job to kind of keep abreast of what's going on in tech and startups and residential real estate and so i do that by talking to people in those fields locally um, and kind of following relevant feeds and people online, you know, to make sure I'm aware of what's going on. And so, you know, in the morning we talk about with our editors, what we're planning to do. Um, And then a typical day is just writing, um, doing interviews, you know, basically like this, but the flip side where I'm asking people questions um, that I use to inform an article. Sometimes interviews are more um, informational where I'm just getting to know someone so I can get, you know, future story ideas or just get a sense of what's going on. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a mix of interviews and then writing. Um, and again, just trying to make sure I'm aware of what's going on in the, the areas that I cover. The most fulfilling part is getting out and meeting people. I love going in person and meeting people, um, talking to them, hearing about their business. Um, and then hearing like when my articles kind of make an impact and, and, you know, hearing that feedback is always fulfilling as well. Yeah, definitely. So like in these articles, are there any uh, qualities, I mean, in these interviews, are there any qualities in these people 
in these business leaders that you just continuously recognize throughout your different interviews, like whether that be tenacity or like the unwillingness to give up? Is there anything that really has just stood out to you about some of the people you've interviewed? Hmm. Um, that's an interesting question. I think tenacity, especially with an entrepreneur's tenacity is definitely something that stands out. You can't be an entrepreneur if you're not persistent um, and passionate too. Like that, that, that's definitely something that shines through. And that's something I think that I look to find um, when I'm interviewing people is get them talking about something that they're passionate about, whether that's their business or, you know, the, 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 um, the business side of running their business or kind of you know, everyone has something that lights them up. And so kind of hearing people talk about what they really know a lot about and are passionate about, I'm sure you understand from doing this podcast, it's really, um, really interesting to kind of hear people talk about that. Yeah, definitely. So the Milwaukee startups hasn't really been a thing, I would say for the last, till the, like the last five or six years. Is there anything that you think prompted kind of that uh, come back to Milwaukee, then kind of the same thing is how do we keep startups in Milwaukee from like going? Because you, you know, you cover all the, like a lot of these stories from uh, different startups. What, what kind of like stands out to you about these startups that maybe like makes Milwaukee a, a, a great place for them? Because I know you talked earlier about Milwaukee being a, a bigger town, but like a sm small town vibes at the same time. So how, mm -hmm. how, do you th how do you think that mix could keep startups here? That's a good question. And that's something, it's a big topic of conversation among stakeholders in this, in the startup industry is like, how do we keep people here, here, especially when now you can work remotely and you can work anywhere. And so that's a really interesting type dynamic that's playing out right now is on the one hand, you can live anywhere. So you could live in Milwaukee. Um, you know, even if you're working for a startup in Silicon Valley, you could be living in Milwaukee. And so in that scenario, Milwaukee, you know, you could argue is a way cheaper cost of living. Um, so you could be getting a Silicon Valley salary and then living in Milwaukee. But then on the flip side, you could be working for a Milwaukee company and living wherever you want. That's not Milwaukee. So there's nothing keeping people anywhere. And so I think, but there's also the opportunity for them to be here. So I think that's a really interesting kind of two sides of the same coin that I definitely know some of the tech um, groups in the area are thinking a lot about. Um, I feel like there was a proposal recently I heard that was like thinking of incentives, you know, paying people even to move here. I know that's something other cities and towns have tried. Um, I think ultimately, if you want it to stick there, it's not going to be one thing. No one's, someone's not going to necessarily move here and stay here for $10,000 or whatever they're offering. It's, I think it's about the community and there is a strong startup community here once you get to know it. And that was something I was pleasantly pleasantly surprised to learn about when I started covering startups. But, um, you know, I think it can't be any one thing. I think it has to be kind of all of the different stakeholders working together. So that's corporations that want innovation within the community. That's um, educational institutions, startups, support organizations, nonprofits, like all of those things working together, um, I think is what will create kind of a strong network to keep startups here and attract Definitely. more. Yeah, that's great. So what are kind of the things that you just really like writing about right now? What, what like really sticks out to you? Is there like any trends or any topic? Yeah, um, I think you mentioned NFTs earlier. That's something that I've been interested in, not NFTs specifically, but just 
the whole new like NFTs, Web3, blockchain, um, crypto, all of those types of technologies are kind of tied together. And I can't say I fully understand all of the technical aspects behind every single one of those, but it seems clear that like those types of technologies are going to be the future of the internet. You know, people talk about right now is like the early date. It's like 1999 of the internet. That's what we're in now of web three, like the next version of the internet. So it's really interesting to see how Milwaukee companies are utilizing these types of technologies. Um, and, and so that's definitely something I've been covering. Um, and then a, another topic I'm interested in is kind of what we were just talking about is Milwaukee's quest to become a startup hub. And there's so many people that talk about that and want that and so many different approaches to getting there. And so that's something I'm always interested in as well as, you know, kind of covering, it's almost like a meta topic, but um, covering the startup community as a whole. Yeah, definitely. You also uh, cover residential real estate. Is there any like trends or uh, things that really have st uh, like stuck out to you in the last year or so? Yeah, um, not necessarily a trend, but something I've kind of learned from covering it since I'm kind of new to it is um, just kind of understanding like the market cycle that we're in right now. So right now it's a seller's market. It's a, been a strong seller's market since COVID. Um, but it's kind of like, if you look historically, we were kind of on the upswing of a seller's market right before the great recession, um, which was fueled by the mortgage market that crashed. And, you know, people stopped building for several years after the great recession in the early two thousands, because there was all these foreclosures, like the, the bubble burst. Um, it was not a good time to be in the housing market. Um, and so it's been kind of slightly on the increase in terms of home building since then, but it's still not up to even those pre-recession levels. Um, so right now we're in a point and it's kind of fueling this big seller's market that we're in where um, there's not enough houses in the area for the amount of people that want to buy them. And so that's why um, you hear about like, if you want to buy a house right now, um, it's super hard and you have to like weigh, you know, like outbid other people and get rid of your contingencies and all that stuff that you think about if you're buying a house. Um, and it just ties back to, there's not enough supply of houses. So that's kind of, I guess, the backdrop for understanding like where we're at right now. The other thing is millennials are getting to the age where they're buying homes, um, and baby boomers, I guess they're saying are aging in place. So where they might've moved out to like a retirement home they're just staying home and so they're not freeing up other houses for millennials to move in so that might be super boring but it's interesting to, for, for me um, to kind of understand like where we're at in the market um, but also the pandemic has changed home buying a lot I think it's put more of a pre like a emphasis on homes people are wanting to remodel and wanting to upgrade their homes and make sure they have more spaces, you know, for working and living and hobbies. So that's definitely fueling, you know, the big surge in, in the market right now as well. Definitely. That's great. And then just kind of wrapping up a bit, a lot of like, as we mentioned earlier, journalism is super competitive. And a lot of the people who watch this show are like very young. They're in that 18 to, to 25 range. Um, what is something you would leave with them that if they wanted to pursue a career in journalism, is there a few things you might say to them? You know, how do you take advantage of different opportunities? How do you uh, meet different people? And how do you really create great content so you can become, 
an all-star journalist? Yeah, a few things I would say, um, just try to get experience as much as possible. So that's getting internships is the easiest way to do that. Um, be persistent. So apply for as many jobs as it takes or as many internships as it takes to get something. Um, keep following up. Um, keep, you know, I actually applied for a business journal job like two years before I got got it. At the time they didn't have openings, but I met with one of the editors, told them I was interested, um, did some freelancing for them and mentioned, you know, if you ever have a full-time job open, I would be interested. And so it's kind of like playing the long game, long game sometimes. Um, and, you know, just being open to opportunities when they come and, and just being, you know, being dogged, just don't stop, you know, talking to people and being curious and, um, not everything is going to work out, but eventually something will work out. That's great. I mean, I think that's advice you could parallel to any career for the most part. Yeah, and for I, sure. I just wanted to thank you again for coming on today. I thought a lot of this content is very valuable to the people listening. Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun.